Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. Michelle Margot and Ben Berlander with you for episode 14 of Millennial Sports Talk. And today's a big wow. day. It is. It is MLB opening day. Um, well, at least the day it was supposed to be. Kind Aww. of a tough day, but um, I'm wearing my uh, Pittsburgh Pirates Roberto Clemente jersey around the house. Oh. I'm, yeah. Oh. I mean, I see, I see it. I'm looking at you, but, yeah. but I, it's one of my favorite I didn't put two and two together that it's for MLB opening day. Yeah. Well, so. shoot. Should I be wearing my? Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean. Well, sure. I didn't want to give my allegiance away to who I grew up rooting for. Yes, because it's such a big secret where you're from, who you rooted for. Wait. Yeah, I'm from Sacramento. What team's from Sac? Right, so my secret that. is kept wrong. safe. But anyway, it is MLB opening day, or at least it's supposed to be. So you know what I did this morning? Did you see what MLB is doing today, the MLB opening day at Yes, home I did. Thing? So the game that was on 9 o'clock on MLB.com was my brother's 2007 no-hitter with the Tigers. So I woke up and, and watched that, and it was awesome. Um, this was not the one at Rogers Center? Correct. That was the one at home at Comerica Park against the Brewers. Obviously. I and mean, there's just so many I can't keep track. What a like what a throwback watching that though. Like Sean Casey's playing first, Maglio Ordonez in the outfield, Jim Leland. Uh, Jim it Leland. Was, it was awesome. It was so much fun to watch. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. He uh so even when I was with the Tigers, he's always around down there. Um he's a big uh just you know, you can always see him in a corner somewhere smoking a cigarette, just looking out on the field and yeah, yeah, big, big like chain smoker. Used to back in the day, used to like go up in the tunnels. Well, he needs to keep himself safe during this scary time. Then that's a good point. Good point. Today is also exciting because we have um, Jordan Schultz, uh, ESPN insider, as a guest. Um, but before we get to him, I kind of want to know your favorite MLB opening day memory. Honestly, the opening day was like one of my favorite is like one of my favorite days. There's l- nothing like uh, putting on the jersey for the first time of the year and, and walking out in front of the crowd and, and playing with your teammates. And I remember specifically my favorite one actually is when I was playing in uh, West Michigan for the Whitecaps, the uh, single Grand Rapids. affiliate. Yep, single A affiliate for the Detroit Fifth Tigers. Third ballpark. Wow, look at you! I know my minor leagues. And uh, so the, the year I was there, actually in the off season, there was a big fire at the stadium and a lot of it burned down, like a, like a third of the stadium burned down. Um, and it was pretty tough for that community because everybody comes out for those games. And my first opening day, um, they got the stadium ready in time and there were like 12,000 fans there. And it was kind of like it was kind of an emotional opening day just because of everything that happened. Um, but the crowd was awesome and we won and um, I had a pretty good game and it was it was awesome. 
So that's my favorite opening day. How, how did you do? I did. It was it was actually really well. I went three for three with a double and. Hey. But I wouldn't. You asked. You asked. You're like I did really well. I went zero for four with a walk. <laughs> but that walk was a big one. <laughs> and it was intentional. <laughs> so what is your uh, what is your favorite opening day memory? So I have two. One is not necessarily my favorite. It was just my first um, MLB opening day as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in 2016 with the Padres, and I so I was the number two reporter that day. So they had the main sideline reporter in like in the dugout doing the usual duties and they had um, me kind of going around if you've ever been to Petco Park in East Village uh, downtown San Diego there's a lot of bars right around Petco Park it's an awesome atmosphere you should definitely go so I was going around to all the MLB opening day parties with my Fox Sports mic and a camera guy mm-hmm. um, and a couple PAs and kind of just interviewing just bringing the environment around the ballpark to the people watching yeah. at home and there was this belligerently intoxicated female um and mind you i was maybe 22 23 years old i was young and she was probably i don't know maybe in her mid-30s and she just was not letting up behind me like (laughs) and again this is my first time like i was obviously trying to prove myself right i had just come from a small market and she was just really testing me and even after the cameras were off she was just she like i I don't want to say she was being kind of mean but like making fun of me basically. Yeah. And it was really intimidating, but I got through all my hits and uh, didn't stumble anything like that. So I was really proud of that. Wow. Um, yeah, that was, I was like, Oh my gosh, like what did I just sign <laughs> up for? And then, um, and her friends were not doing anything to help me either. And then the second um, favorite MLB opening day memory is in 2018 with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, it was at Tropicana Field, and it was against the Boston Red Sox, who went on to win the World Series that year and have an incredibly good record. And they um, actually got swept by the Rays that series, but Denard Spann, who's from Tampa, hit a walk-off. Denard Spann. Yeah, <laughs> he hit a walk-off that game, and it was one of those things where I – you know, when you are a sideline reporter and you have to come up with questions, you don't know how the game's going to end when it's, right. a tie ga- when, when it's a tie game like that right. or when you're losing. You don't think your team's going to win necessarily. Yeah. So it was one of those things where you could not plan for it, and I just went out there and That's interviewed tough. Denard. Yeah, it was fun, though, and it was, it was a good interview, and Denard – it was like hometown hero on opening day so that's sweet yeah it was a fun it was a fun opening day wow good answers thank good you answers. yours was good too i'm really impressed by your performance thank you. wow thank you um but speaking of the mlb that actually leads me to my goat of the week this week your goat of the week that leads me to our goat of the week um and it is actually a player for the new york mets pete alonzo and uh so pete um who I actually played with down in the, in the Florida State League. Um, so I, I follow him on Instagram and saw something he posted the other day. And he's doing this really cool thing for some of the, the doctors and nurses and first responders in New York City. And uh, he's, he actually took a personalized video and sent it to a bunch of the doctors and nurses that he knew uh, were fans of his and, and fans of the Mets. And um, if you haven't yet um, I would suggest going to his Instagram and looking at the video he posted because he kind of combined all of them. And uh, basically, he's just saying thank you to all of them um, personally from him and saying how uh, just letting them know that they're heroes in this time and uh, with everything they're doing. And uh, it was really cool that, you know, they were some were just super happy. Some got emotional. Um, and then he pulled it all together really nicely in, in the video that he posted on Instagram. 
So, that's awesome. Uh, I did see that, and I agree with you. That's a great go- <clears throat> goat moment of the week. I, I do think you're welcome. I do think, obviously, military or veterans are extremely important to our country. Um, and there's senior discounts when you go places, and there's student discounts when you go places. But I really believe in healthcare workers getting some form of recognition after this they 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 have deserved it i come from a family full of medical people um i have a lot of people close to me that are in the medical profession and i feel that there are there are two types of people that run towards danger not away from it and one of them are healthcare and law enforcement and the other ones are journalists actually which i'm in sports so i'm not really running into like fires and car accidents and domestic violence homes and stuff, but there are a lot of journalists that put their lives on the line to be able to get the truth out there. And I think that healthcare and journalists and law enforcement deserve some applause. So if we could just all put our hands together. I thought, honestly, that was very well said, Michelle. You are pulling my leg. (laughs) No, I swear. Seriously. That was good. I agree. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, we're about to get to Jordan Schultz. Um, but before we do that, Millennial Sports Talk would not be possible um, without our sponsors. And our first one is True Classic Tees. They are amazing t-shirts. They're soft. They hold up in the wash. They're versatile. You can wear them out. You can wear them in. If you go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, you will get 20% off. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. Also brought to you by Bet Online. While you're waiting this out at home, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag uh, with no MLB, NBA, NHL. Unfortunately, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but BetOnline has hundreds of places to wager and still bet on the MMA, American Idol, the election, and the spelling bee. So uh, there's still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag and use the code MYPOD100 to, dis- to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. You know what I was also thinking about? The hustle of people on LinkedIn right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting LinkedIn requests and I'm like, these people are not stopping. No one is just taking this lightly. These people are ready to get <laughs> some work. Yep. During the recession, 2008 to 2010, Uber, mm-hmm. Airbnb, Venmo, some of those like very popular companies started right. during a recession. So we might see some innovative ideas coming out of this. Really? Huh. Yeah. Um, I actually saw that article um about the companies on linkedin Mm -hmm. linkedin is our third sponsor today find the right person for your business with linkedin jobs you can pay what you want and get the first 50 dollars off just visit linkedin.com slash team again that is linkedin.com slash team to get 50 dollars off your first job post terms and conditions apply all right well now we welcome in jordan schultz insider for espn who also has a podcast himself called pull up with cj mccollum how's it going jordan Michelle and Ben, I'm doing uh, all things considered relatively well. I, I think that's the best way to put it. You know. Yeah. I yeah. Hear that. Exactly. Well, putting things in perspective, we uh, we feel very fortunate right now, right? Yeah. I, very I fortunate, I and uh, to be able to talk about sports is definitely a, a good reprieve and a good outlet. I do feel, as I was just telling you, like sometimes it feels strange to be talking about sports, but I think almost like it's the best therapy for me. I do find it cathartic. I, I agree. I, I, I actually think the country kind of, you know, and it's, it's tough, like you said, it's kind of like, I don't really know if we should be talking sports right now, but also it is, it's kind of therapeutic 
for the country. You know, like people, people need sports. And, and I think back to uh, 9-11, actually. And, you know, the first thing that kind of really fired back up after that you really think about is that Mets game and Mike Piazza and George Bush yeah. on the first pitch, you know, like got the country back going and having something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the – I don't want to, like, compare it, but in terms of the country going through a, a crisis and this situation, an epidemic, I, I do look back at 9-11-2 and I think about the way everyone rallied behind baseball together, you yeah. know, and yeah. that was the – that was the way that we connected, even though everybody had their own teams and nobody really cared about that to a degree. And it really, right. it helped people. And I, I don't know when we'll get our sports back. I, I, I've said for a while, I think it's going to be longer than, longer than most of the estimations. But at the same time, I think talking about it and uh, now we have the free agency element. And I think, I think just having that in your, um, in your, in your frame of mind is a good thing to do. I agree. I agree. I, obviously, it is. I do agree with you. I think it's going to be a lot longer than people are saying. Um, they're, you know, suspending seasons two weeks, then another two weeks, and I think it's going right. to be months. But I do think it's kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like we can talk NFL free agency, not necessarily knowing there's going to be an NFL season, but pretty much being confident that there will be one and that there will be sports again. And it's just kind of this taking it day by day thing until we get there. Yep. Absolutely. I, I'm totally with you. And yeah, I, I haven't even allowed myself really to think about the NFL and how it could be impacted. But, you know, obviously we have the draft coming up and we'll have to go from there. So Jordan, um, I did a little bit of research and first of all, West Coast, best coast. Am I right? <laughs> 100%. It's not even a question. Um, although obviously you and I both work on the East Coast and love it to death, but um, didn't know you were a Seattle guy, which I have slight feelings about it just because Seattle did try to take my basketball team but we can discuss that later <laughs> oh um, yes we did win though and we're still I wouldn't say we're thriving for those who don't know when I say we I mean the Sacramento Kings they're actually um, doing they're actually doing well though you know you know that yeah I don't like the I coaching know. I don't I didn't like the coaching change you don't trust Luke yeah. Um, well, I will say about about Vivek in the entire city, like he's it's the capital, but nobody really thinks about it like that. And he's kind of made it into this <laughs> of, like Silicon Valley West of uh, right. making it making Sacramento somewhat more of a destination and improving the food scene. They brought in like chefs and the arena is all green and, you know, they're heading in the right direction. Yes. Also, I didn't know that you went to Occidental. I did. So I, I started at Seattle U for two years. Because I was playing hoops and I really wanted to play the, at a relatively high level, and you know, I, I was ready after my sophomore year, Michelle and Ben, to leave home finally. Because I was living off campus, but I was still ten minutes from my house, <laughs> so I was ready to leave home. And um, so my junior year, I transferred to Oxy, which is um, right outside of LA, basically mm -hmm. in between Pasadena and Glendale, and I loved it. It was great. I was a, it was like your classic small liberal arts. Southern California school. Yeah, my cousin went there, and it's funny because I had an Occidental – the Tigers, right? The Tigers, yes. Yeah, I had an Occidental <laughs> Tigers t-shirt that I wore, and – Nobody knows what that is. No, I'm <laughs> I sorry, don't, I Jordan. Don't, I don't. Not, no offense, No one I knew. No and, and I wore that Occidental – you know, like, when you get a t-shirt from, like – or when you would go visit colleges, you'd wear, like – Yeah, of course. Like, I had UCLA random Santa Cruz – yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You wear sweatshirts, and people were like, oh, like, do you want to go there? Like, I was wearing Occidental t-shirts. And like, everyone you know was what? like, what's you know what Occidental? People ask me, people what? either say, they say one of two things. 
a lot of people will say, oh, didn't the president go there? Obama did go there, I think, for two years. Wow. So we have that. We That's have that. crazy. But what I get asked the most is, you want to be a dentist? Yeah. Accidental. Oh, that's I, funny. I feel that. That's I, what I get. It's yeah. unbelievable. And I'm like, it's a pretty damn good school. <laughs> it is. It's a re- no, it's super good school. Super no, good people school. know it, but yes. So I did um, go to Oxy. Yes. So give us, give us a brief story. I mean, we can obviously look stuff up. For those who don't know what you're about, can you kind of just give us a brief synopsis of what makes Jordan Schultz Jordan Schultz? Uh, that sounds like a way deeper question. Yeah, no, I, no, that's okay. Um, I, I guess, like, for me, you know, growing up in Seattle, I'm obviously, you know, sports has been a massive part of my life since I was a kid. And I, I always knew I wanted to play it. And then once I, once I like, maxed out as a, as a basketball player, I realized, and even beforehand, but I really realized, like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a, a sports broadcaster. I want to be a journalist. I want to pursue it as much as possible because I, I loved it. I've always loved sports so much. And I just felt like there was no other option for me, you know, like I didn't think, I didn't even think about going into any other field. And I knew that if I just could get an opportunity at some point that I could, I could move forward and and I I would be able to break into the business. But I think, you know, going to Oxy and graduating and then ended up moving to New York right after graduation, pretty much, which is about 10 years ago. I think like it was a rude awakening into what, into how challenging sports journalism is, how competitive yeah. it is. Um, you know, there's a lot of talented people and there's very few slots, but it really submitted basically like I, I had this, um, <laughs> I had this, this sports blog I wrote toward the end of my senior year of college. And it was, I was doing it for free and I, and I was doing it on the side basically. And then I couldn't get a job in sports once I graduated. I could not, break in so I was writing this sports blog on the side of my actual nine to five but I was spending more time on the blog than I was like I was even doing it at work I remember doing it during lunch <laughs> and and I just was like I, I I gotta find a way to do this full time because this is so fun to me and even though I wasn't getting paid I felt like um it was it was my calling and yeah. uh, eventually that that blog which was called 10 feet high it was like basically a basketball basketball blog that blog I think won some award like best sports blogs of 2010 and that helped get me in the door at a at a now defunct website called fanhouse.com as a copy editor and that was I don't want to say it's a break but it was essentially my first foray into sports journalism that's awesome yeah so yeah that's actually really cool and so today's kind of tough for me Jordan uh today is MLB opening day or at least it would have been as you know um, so earlier in the uh, earlier in our podcast, Michelle and I actually talked about um, some of our favorite opening day memories. Um, do you have any favorite MLB opening day memories? Hundred um, percent. Speaking of like your calling as a kid and knowing you love sports, my dad would take me out of school every opening day that the Mariners had. Yeah. At least when it was in Seattle, right? They didn't always open in Seattle, but whenever the Mariners had a home opening day. Mm-hmm. I would get pulled out of school around one o'clock. We go straight to the park and we spend the whole day at Safeco Field or at the Kingdom beforehand watching the Mariners lose. That's what they did. <laughs> Your dad is <laughs> making my did. dad look really bad right now. Well, I remember he, he'd show up at school and I have this like bullshit note of like, Jordan can leave today early from my parents, right? And uh, 
I'd always get this like ridiculous look from a teacher. It was usually like a teacher that probably hated me. And uh, I was, I was, <laughs> I was not a great student, by the way. Um, and I, would just leave. <laughs> I struggled. I struggled in many of many classes, but I would just leave school and we go and, and that would be the day. And it was, it was great. I'd get, I'd always get the same ridiculously sugary um, chocolate malted ice cream and we'd get, we get kettle corn and it was, it was a great, great time. And those are some, some really special memories. It's, it's such an awesome day. And especially for you, you get to go and watch King Griffey. I mean, that's, that's something you'll always be able to look back on. That's that like, was my guy. You yeah. know, everybody has their guy. And I think Griffey was. Everyone's me, guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he, you know, there's that famous uh, 99. Well, I think it was actually even earlier where he, he, he wore his baseball hat backwards, right? During the home run derby. Yeah. And nobody did that. And it was kind of like, what is he doing? But he made baseball to me and, and all my friends, like he made baseball really cool. And even when the Mariners really struggled, he was the guy. And it was just an incredible joy to go see him play. And I was actually at the game when he broke his wrist, that famous catch. Oh, wow. Um, he gave, he tossed me a ball in that game earlier. So you're bad luck. I'm very bad luck. <laughs> I was at that game. And there's an old picture in the Seattle times of me i think i'm like crying uh when he's coming off the field because i was wow. had great seats that game yeah yeah so I, I i love king griffey he was my my all-time favorite player number 24 so jordan obviously mlb opening day is not happening because of covid um that yeah. lovely that lovely word that we are all <laughs> k- keeping ourselves up at night to avoid um you are very well versed in the sports betting um you're on daily wager what what are some of the things that you've seen out there that you can bet on during this time some of the more interesting things there's 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 really nothing honestly (laughs) like there for a little while there was like turkish soccer you know and and like russia had their premier league going on where you could bet on some you know completely irrelevant soccer game in like saint petersburg um, I did have a friend that was like asking me for advice on the over under of like Zenit St. Pete versus some other Russian team, like three and a half goals. And I was like, I, I literally, I texted him, you have a problem. Cause that's, <laughs> that's not what, that's funny. not what this is about. You got to find value <laughs> in your sports betting. You got to have educated opinions. And I don't know anything about Russian soccer. So anyways, <laughs> right now there's really nothing. Yeah, so I actually, Jordan, whenever your show is on, I actually try and, and tune in whenever I'm around or whenever I'm around the TV just to, you know, kind of watch your friend's show. But um, I, I really appreciate that. You and Of my course. It, it's kind of, it's, it's cool how in the last, you know, really year to two years, how, you know, sports betting is, it's, it's going to be, it's huge now, you know, like it was kind of faux pas for a little while and now it's like just taking off, you know. It really is, and, and we're seeing it legalized, you know, across pretty much every state. New Jersey was was the big one. I, I just feel like it's kind of – I feel like it's in the same position or very similar position that fantasy football was 10 years yep. ago. Good point. Where it's kind of this, like, is it – or with fantasy, it was like, is it betting? Is it gambling? You know, it was kind of frowned upon. It was kind of like this sidebar on sports websites where you were almost – I don't want to say embarrassed to talk about it, but it was, it was taboo exactly to a degree. And then it really broke through and it become, it became completely mainstream, especially as ESPN really pushed it and 
you've seen this like birth of these really successful fantasy shows now, not only on ESPN, but other networks. And yeah. I think yeah. gambling is, is in that spot 10 years later. And uh, I think it's going to continue pressing forward. I do feel also that, you know, it's being talked about in a different way. And what I mean by that is it's no longer the taboo and it's, you're seeing it on sports center, for example, bad beats, Scott Van Pelt. Yep. I felt like when that, I remember watching that for the first time and I was like, I can't believe they're talking about this, this is so awesome because it was a great way to break through and, and show how mainstream it is. And I listen, like for me, I full disclosure, I, I don't really gamble very much because I don't want to, I never wanted to impact my relationships with players and right. And executives and coaches. And I, I never want to root against people that I, I really like, but doing this show and giving advice and being able to have that platform has been a blessing. Yeah. I love that. Um, in, uh, in the last couple of days, um, we've seen, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Olympics and uh, whether it's, whether it's going to go on, whether it's not. And uh, a couple of days ago, it was announced that they're going to be postponing until uh, 2021. And, you know, I don't, I'm interested to see your thoughts, but you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a tricky situation for everyone involved. And obviously, you know, it's a bigger, you know, on, on the scale, scale of, you know, the whole world is dealing with this and the Olympics isn't, you know, what everyone is focusing on. But it, it's a tricky situation to push something like that back to 2021 for the athletes, um, all the athletes involved, really. And I uh, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think it's the right move, but I also think it's terrible in the sense that as an Olympic athlete, you have such a small window to perform, and yeah. be, you know, and to be at your, at your absolute peak, at your apex of your athletic abilities. And if you think about what the Olympics means to countries globally, it's a, we talked about like the U S coming together. Well, this, the Olympics is the ultimate. Everyone comes together as a nation and roots, roots for your, your fellow citizens, you know, yeah. your, your fellow Americans, or if you're from Portugal or Germany, whatever it is. And, you know, the reason I bring up those countries is because Portugal, Germany, Canada, and others, they were pulling out of the Olympics yeah. before the announcement from the IOC. But I think it's – I really feel badly for the athletes because they were gearing up for trials. And even if they were to go on with the Olympics, Ben and, and Michelle, it wouldn't have been the same because you wouldn't have had the same level of performance. People right. wouldn't – listen, after Athletes aren't training. They're not in pools, for example, as swimmers. They're not at the track, for example, as sprinters. They're not able to get in that exact, you know, precise training that they all need. And so you wouldn't have – you would have a watered-down Olympics to a degree. Yeah, that's a good um, point. I don't you know, think people – Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I don't think the people – or laymen, I would say, really understand the life of an Olympian. I mean, for four years, they're yeah, training. Just how much work goes yes, into it, like, and then, daily – if you put, if you push it back, even if you push it back a month, your entire schedule changes. Then yeah. you push it back to an indefinite time where we don't know what it's going to be for sure, or if if it's another year, excuse me, another year. I mean, that's oh, like yeah. if someone gets hurt in that time, then everything they've worked for since they were six years old, is gone. Oh, well, you know absolutely, absolutely. And if you're, for example, if you're on the toward the tail end of your career, if you're in the advanced age as a swimmer you know you're which is like literally late 20s early 30s it's so young yeah. that extra year can can make a big difference negatively you know and exactly i was listening to uh in preparation for this 
for our interview for our podcast together, I was listening to Katie Ledecky on uh, on DP show talk about you know not being in the pool and how her whole life since she was six years old she's in the pool every day. You know, it's like four, six, four, five, six hours, and she hasn't not been in the pool for more than a week and a half. But now it's like going on two, three weeks, and it's going to be a lot longer. And if you start to take away that, and then you say we're going to do the Olympics anyway, we're going to hold them in, in Tokyo as scheduled. That would have been really, really bad, I think. So, with that said, I mean, we haven't even talked about, but the USA basketball as well. And you know, I, I just feel like their whole schedule now is is thrown completely off because yes. they have a very specific set of practices, tours, camp. And now, if if with the NBA season being delayed, if the Olympics end up going on in spring 2021 or even summer, that's a lot less time elapsed for uh, for the NBA players to get their rest as needed. So it really is a, yeah. a big domino effect. I hate to say this because obviously I'm a big NBA fan. I've worked in the NBA and stuff, but I don't feel as bad for those athletes as I do for say the rowers, I which I mean, I rowing is very close to my heart. I went to college for it and those people have, first of all, are not getting paid as much as the NBA players are. They don't have a season other than they're like, they are literally doing this from college straight to the Olympics. They don't do anything else. That's a team sport. They can't like, you know, Katie Ledecky is, you know, there were swimmers, gymnastics, people that can kind of train on their own rowers. You can erg on your own or you can train on your own, but ultimately your timing is with eight other people in a boat, seven other people in a boat. So you can't, yeah. you can't practice. Yeah. So during coronavirus, which you know, obviously we're all trying to social distance and stuff. So I feel for like the team sports and stuff like that, where what are you supposed to do to keep your timing is going to be off. It's not just, you might be out of shape or whatever. It's everything that you're doing is going to be pushed back and you don't know when, like, I mean, and everyone, again, it's kind of all, all in an even playing field because every country's going through it. Um, whereas yeah, but specific just, sports to your point would be, would be hit more. Like I, I wonder, cause I can't speak to this at all as a rower, like how long, how long out of a boat does it take for you to lose that timing? Oh, are you asking me? Yeah. I'm um, well, it depends. I mean, it depends. Uh, obviously, I never went to the Olympics, but depending on the coxswain and the and the rowers that are in the boat, sometimes you're all fighting for seats. And then when one, one rower's out, then someone fills in, and then that, that changes everything with your stroke, with your timing, yeah, right. with the, everything. I mean, there's stroke rates, which – your coxswain is supposed to keep you on a specific stroke rate throughout the whole game plan or rowing plan, whatever that you guys have set up. But in terms of other, like everyone's a different size. So if I'm five foot four, which I am, I don't want to talk about it. I've always been short, <laughs> but if I'm five foot four, my stroke is going to be compared to someone who's six two, you know, 10 inches shorter each stroke than someone else. So yeah. even if you have someone filling in, it's just not going to be the same. So, and yeah, these people are, these people are Olympians, so they know it down to a science. So. Well, exactly. And that, and that hundredth of a second is, is everything. Exactly. So you know. uh, it'll be interesting. It, it breaks my heart. Summer Olympics but have I think always been my favorite. It is, it, it's, it's really a no brainer at this point. You know, it was the right move. They have to do it. Can you imagine what Tokyo would have been like in the wake of coronavirus? Oh, scary. Yeah. It would have yeah. been, a, it would have been a nightmare. It just, it's, you have to. This is the this is the new reality. Yeah, you have to, and and you know, um, you know, we could we could have our sports back up and running, and you know, months or wh whatever it may be, and but th that's home, that's our country. So with the Olympics, you're counting on every country in the world that's going to all have their act together and all in one place come together 
you know it's just it was, it was logistically it just didn't make sense you know so yeah, they made yeah, the right absolutely. decision so Jordan, you do a podcast with CJ McCollum and you're very well versed in the NBA and you play basketball, you love basketball, you live and breathe it. Um, you have a lot of access to those in the NBA. What are people saying with all of this? We see what's being said publicly. We saw the Carl Anthony Towns news, which yeah, is yeah. devastating, of course. Yeah. Um, but what what are they saying? Like, what can you tell us that that's going through these guys heads right now we did the pod the night of um the night that the nba announced they were suspending the season with carmelo it was it was it was wild because it was all happening in real time and we were reacting we were reacting to to the news you know wow and Melo and cj were together in portland at cj's house and it was like it was it was like out of the twilight zone because it, it's not something you would ever think could could happen and the news just kept coming in, right? And then the Tom Hanks news and then the March Madness news of having from no fans to no tournament. And it was just – the ripple effects were unbelievable. So with that in mind, as like a foundation, I was like – I knew how either scared, upset, or just um, surprised players were because I could hear it in Melo and CJ's voice just being like, I, I can't, can't believe this. And so – I, I reached out to some guys afterward and it was a, the reaction was, was almost entirely the same, which was to say, this is so bad. And it went from, I want to play with no fans to, okay, now we can't play at all. This is the right move. Yeah. Because once guys grasp how contagious the virus is, and once they started hearing about Gobert and then Donovan Mitchell getting it, everyone really took a step back and put their like, their needs away or their needs aside and said, this is the right move. We have to suspend it. We have to get this right. And I think there was an appreciation even more for Adam Silver because he was the first one, Michelle and Ben, to to make the move. And then yeah. all the other leagues yeah, North followed him behind followed them. suit. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's been the pattern. And I I've gotten to know Adam I've known Adam since I was a kid. So I, I've seen him develop into this role where he was groomed basically for the last 15, 20 years by David Stern to be the commissioner and to see him have such um, swift takes us with swift action is, has been really cool because I, I think the NBA continues to, to set the tone. So he's players a hero. Have been scared. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. And players have been scared, but they're also like so cognizant of what this means for not just the NBA, but for Americans, for, for global citizens. And I think it's really hit home in the last week where, we're seeing, you know, so many more cases, so many more deaths, and players aren't talking about basketball anymore. I mean, they'll say, you know, how much they miss playing, but the consistent theme is, how can I do my part? And and I've been really impressed by it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we wrap this up, we want to end on a little bit lighter of a note. We kind of want to have a little fun with you, um, since all three of us here are pretty big basketball fans. What uh, is your favorite all-time uh, NBA jersey? Okay, so, you know, full disclosure, you guys have – you gave me before the pod some, uh, some thoughts, right? Because I, <laughs> I was thinking, like, how can I, how can I narrow it down to one? And it was, it was a struggle. I've been thinking about it. I've actually been taking notes for myself. <laughs> Passing out notes the past 30 minutes here. Being like, nah, he wasn't good enough. Or he was kind of a dick, so I don't really want to put him <laughs> in there. You know? So my number one jersey was, was Jesus Shuttlesworth. Now, 
that wasn't an NBA player per se, but it was Ray Allen. Ray Allen did break my nose playing, and he was my all-time favorite player as a kid. So with that in mind, Gita Shuttlesworth, Lincoln Real Splitters, number one jersey all time. Wow. That's your nose. We should have had Jordan go last. it all worth it. I know. That was incredible. (laughs) All right, Ben, Um, you can go. So – Wow, that's going to be tough to top that one. Yeah, I know. But here's well, I can tell you, I can tell you that, you know, I, I've told the story. I don't know if you're interested. I can give you a two minute synopsis of how the how the nose happened. I used to, I was obsessed with hoop, right? And I, I told you guys this. I one two in the morning, we had a half court in my house. The the the, the brutally cold winter wind from Lake Washington would would be coming in, and I'd, I'd be shooting with the lights on at two in the morning mm-hmm. by myself, and. It was all to, to maximize the limited gifts I had. So anyways, long story short, Seattle has what's called Seafair Weekend. It's mm-hmm. the first weekend of August every summer. And we have the Blue Angels, and they do the air show. It's yeah. awesome. Everybody's on the water. It's 80 degrees. It's just perfect. It's, it's Seattle at its absolute finest. So we knew uh, one summer, Ray came over, and we, had, we decided to have a cutthroat game, which is basically rotating one-on-one. Uh-huh. And it was him. He had a friend, my best friend who played overseas in Europe, and me. And I had game point. This was like I was 19, so I was in, like, peak shape. I was really, like, fired up. And I started yapping at Ray. And I started talking a little too much. And he turned the switch like like he was a lion. (laughs) He went from being, like, mildly competitive, kind of messing around, to I'm going to end this kid. That's amazing. And he, I guarded him tight. He swept through with a really, really sharp elbow, shattered my nose, blood everywhere, emergency room, complete disaster. <laughs> That's good. That's but good. he did He did follow up and called me for the coming you know, weeks and months, and he sent me a video game with him on the cover and the console. So that was like, Aww. okay, this is really cool. That's wow. really cool. Now, um, we, now Ray Allen has a fan in us. I love Ray. <laughs> I love Ray. So – my choice is, uh, you know, I, I also did some research and went through a few. I, I had a few in mind, um, but the one that I settled on was the Vince Carter Raptors jersey, Ooh. the purple one with the dinosaur on it. Yeah, that, that was so dope. It's yes. incredible. My favorite yeah. jersey for sure. Very well put. Yes, that was great. That was great. What? How about yeah. David Stoudemire, Little Mighty Mouse? Ooh, yep. Yep. I thought you were going to go Big Country Reeves. <laughs> no, no. Michelle, what do you got? Do I have to go? Yes. Okay, I didn't take it like that, though, guys. Chris Webber? I you don't even love just Chris Webber. Just pick Chris... your or a favorite team jersey. Anything. Okay, well, I know I have an, an idea in mind, but it was not like what you guys are doing. Okay, so I went with the Sacramento Kings alternate jersey Ooh, from yeah. 1998 to 2001. It's purple, the old Kings lettering on the front, the black stripe on the purple shorts. Yeah. Only because that was during their prime time, and that's when I liked them. Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, Peja Stoyakovic, Vladi, all those guys. Um, also, fun fact, quick story before we wrap up because we're running out of time here. But um, when I was with the Rockets last year, the Kings came and played, obviously, in Houston. And my mom had sent me a, a picture because she, she would watch some of my games. Um, and she – Send me a picture of I had gone and ridden my bike, ridden, rode. I don't know, ridden. Oh, that's like, I'm going to go with road. You rode had my bike. Your bike. Yeah. <laughs> I rode my bike with my dad <laughs> um, 
to go get Vladi Divac's autograph and I didn't have anything for him to sign. Cause I, <laughs> so I gave him like a piece of paper and he signed a piece of paper and I have a, a picture of that. And my mom had sent it to me knowing that the Kings were coming to town, whatever. So I showed Vladi cause he was there. I guess he traveled with the Kings to Houston that, that game. And he could not have been more disinterested <laughs> Oh no! And I was mortified. I was like, "Oh, like hi, Michelle. Like I'm Rocket Island reporter. Like blah blah blah." I said, "You know, I'm from Sacramento. Grew up watching you, which I'm sure like they get all the time, right? Like I don't fan, yeah. I don't fan girl like that. So I I usually don't say that. It's super uncomfortable because why? No, but Vladi should be appreciative that to have such a dedicated right? fan. <laughs> well, it wasn't even like I wasn't even like, "Oh my gosh, there's Lottie Divac." Like I didn't really care that much because you know it's my job to do that. But I just kind of I said I just wanted to show you. Like I thought it was funny you know, my mom sent me this today and I showed him this picture. And then like his friend that was standing with him was like making fun of what he used to look like. And I was like, okay, I'm not part of this conversation. And now they have like an inside joke that I'm just not a part of. And it was so awkward. Let me just, just to make you feel better. uh, Vladi is like that wherever he goes. That's Vladi. He's very, very Eastern block, you know, just in his own world. So don't feel bad. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, That's Vladi. He, he doesn't he doesn't give a shit okay so don't worry about <laughs> it. um well jordan dude thanks so much for coming on uh and doing this with us we we really appreciate it man my pleasure i i really enjoyed it and um i hope to i'm, I'm happy to come on anytime i really it was fun talking to you guys love that yeah. cool you want to be our pod. third host great <laughs> see you next week well i can tell you this is going to be a really fun pod you guys have good energy thanks man i'm excited to be on it Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. Have a good one. Thanks again. Uh, This is it for Millennial Sports Talk this week. Be sure to listen in anywhere you listen to your podcast. We will see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.